Hi, and welcome to the Wise Healthy Bites podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Catherine. With a combined 28 years of experience as registered dietitians, we're here to share real-life nutrition tricks and lifestyle tips that we hope will inspire you to make helpful choices in the aisles of the supermarket and in life. This is episode number 24, Intuitive Eating Crash Course Part 2. And on today's episode, we'll share more strategies that will help you ditch the diet mentality and find more joy in eating. Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. We are always happy and grateful that you are listening. And in today's episode, we are continuing on our intuitive eating crash course. And to be honest, we are really just touching the tip of the iceberg here. There is so much information and there's so many resources out there on intuitive eating. And, you know, we aren't intuitive eating experts by any means, but we really love this concept and wanted to share it with you and just how the focus is so much on positivity and inclusion and just the opposite of, you know, all that diet information that's always getting thrown at us. So just kind of a recap, um, intuitive eating is an approach to eating where you allow your body to tell you when you're hungry, what you're hungry for, and when you're satisfied. So there's really no inklings of a quote unquote diet. Mm -hmm. So there's no need to measure your food, you know, have cheat days, which, you know, kind of assumes that you're maybe eating less food than you want to on other days. Um, there's no rules. So it's like, oh, I'm not eating after seven o'clock at night. And there's no labeling foods, good or bad. You know, all food is just food. So none of that. So we're really just honoring our hunger, giving ourselves permission to eat all foods. And then in turn, this approach fosters a positive relationship with food and your body. Yeah, it's really just it's really just such a like refreshing shift, I feel like. I mean, when you think of like traditional diets, this is anything but that. You know, and I feel like anyone can benefit with, from just learning about this different approach and just, you know, when you really think about something that fosters positivity and, you know, body love, I mean, wouldn't we all just want to approach things in, in such a positive light? Um, so yeah, we're just so excited to talk about this. As I think if you listen to the previous episode, part one, it was very evident that we're highly passionate about this, this topic. We are. Uh, so Catherine, yeah. what are we going to start with um, in today's episode? Yes. So in this episode, we're going to dive into the final five principles, starting with discover the satisfaction factor. So it's possible to feel physically full, but you aren't actually satisfied. And then if you're not satisfied, you, you're going to maybe like keep looking for that one thing that's going to make you feel satisfied and content. And until you get there, you might keep eating. So for example, you know, let's say you're just really wanting some ice cream, but instead of just eating some ice cream, you are going to try to eat other things that you think are quote unquote better. So you're going to eat some yogurt or maybe like a popsicle or something like that. And in the end, you're still not satisfied because you still want that ice cream. That's right. And you didn't satisfy and fill that kind of like, you know, craving, right? You know, and why exactly. not? So this always, um, you know, makes me think of like a specific example of folks, you know, zoodles, zucchini noodles have become very popular in the last maybe two to three years, I guess. And, you know, a lot of folks will say, oh, they're just as good as pasta, you know, and I eat them all the time in place of pasta, which if you do this, certainly it's a great way to get more vegetables in your diet 
it and to, you know, monitor carbohydrates if there's a reason to do that and so forth. Um, but personally, I'm like, I just really want my pasta, right? And maybe I'll mix yeah. noodles with the pasta, but it just doesn't fill that same satisfaction factor. Um, so really the approach of eating what you really want um, will help to then, you know, lead you to feel more satisfied and content and often with less food, which I think is an interesting concept. Um, you know, if you just kind of give into what your body is telling you, you'll ultimately, you know, make a, a more helpful choice in the long run and you'll be able to satisfy that craving. And of course, no, no uh, fault with eating zoodles. Again, if you prefer that to pasta, uh, I just think it's kind of something that reminds me of that strategy for myself yeah. because I'm really a pasta lover and I couldn't easily swap those two out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really, honestly, I'm very guilty of doing this myself sometimes. And you just keep going back to the kitchen, you know, looking for something else. And I'm like, just eat what you wanted in the first place. And then you would have been happy and you could have moved on with your evening. Right. It like checks the box. Exactly. Like, you know, done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that is discover the satisfaction factor. Um, so the next one is to cope with your emotions with kindness. So this, you know, doesn't have to do so much with food, which is, you know, a lot of the concepts we've been talking about previously, but this one is really important and it can be a tough one. Um, it requires, you know, practicing some self-care um, because sometimes we use food as a distraction instead of facing our emotions. You know, and I just want to backtrack and say, I am so glad that you acknowledge that this really is a difficult one. As we were preparing the script, I mean, it really did hit me that, you know, if you can kind of come to that aha moment within this specific, uh, you know, pillar of, of um, intuitive eating, that's, I think, a huge win. And I think this is probably one of the core challenges that people really face when it comes to the relationship with food. Uh, so we get that this is difficult, um, you know, so just listen and, and hear us out here. So while food is one way to soothe or, you know, cope with emotions, it can become problematic if, uh, you know, A, it's not helping and or, you know, B, if the only coping, if it's the only coping mechanism that you really have. So starting to drill down and really feel those feelings, which again, this is where it can be really difficult, um, you know, because you can all just easily mask true feelings and just push forward and, and not really address them. Um, so this is what we're really encouraging you to do, to feel those feelings, even ones that, you know, may really churn up some, um, some difficult feelings within yourself. Yeah. And this is something hard to do. And because when I first started learning about this, I've been trying to do it myself and it's really hard to pinpoint what you need. So ask yourself, what do I need today? And it's, we're not talking about food. We're talking about emotionally. What do you need to help cope with your emotions? So do you need some comfort? Do you need a supportive friend? Do you just need a break? Mm -hmm. Like, do you just need a break from life? Mm -hmm. So if you want some comfort, you know, what's going to bring you comfort? Call a friend, you know, cuddle up on the couch with a cozy blanket. Like you'll feel physically, you know, comforted with a book or a movie, you know, do something that's going to make you feel comfortable. Um, and if you need a break, take a break, take a nap, go for a walk outside by yourself. So like, think about what, you know, what is your emotion? What are you feeling? And how can you help cope with that emotion? Maybe you're angry, like maybe you're angry at something. So what's something that's going to help calm your brain down, you know, something like that. And there's, there might be different people that you call in different situations. I know I do that. So it's, this is a hard one, but mm -hmm. You know, starting with that question, what do I need right now? 
Yeah, that's such a great point. And, you know, really we talk about like giving yourself permission to, again, feel your hunger and satisfy that hunger. This is the same thing. It's giving yourself permission to just, you know, flop on the couch if that's kind of what you need right now, or, you know, go get some fresh air and just, you know, again, care for yourself in that way when you need it. Um, So I love that that kind of aligns also with the whole like you know, piece that we're talking about related to food choices. So really, you know, building up several different types of coping skills is an important part of intuitive eating. So really, again, noticing your feelings when you're feeling them and thinking about things you can do to validate your feelings and get through them. So I think, you know, like Catherine mentioned, identifying maybe you have a couple different go-to friends that bring different perspectives to the table. So really thinking about that support system, you know, and having those people around you and in your corner to overcome some of these difficult moments. Yeah, and this also makes me feel of, feel like society today, you know, you have to be so productive. Everybody's, you know, always wanna be doing something and being productive. And there's not really a lot of importance put on relaxing and doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay to do nothing. So just remind yourself of that. And to be honest, I think we would be we'll be more productive people if we take the proper time and take care of ourselves. Well, I think there's even different research related to that. You know, if you get up and kind of move through, if you're thinking of like a typical work day, if you take a pause, maybe go, you know, again, take a quick loop or, you know, maybe move around your house if you're working from home or whatever the situation is, you know, you do come back more refreshed and energized because you just have given yourself a little bit of a break. And I think too, one other tip, you know, I was just thinking about is, you know, just even taking a moment sometimes in difficult just scenarios and taking like one very, at least one very nice, large deep breath. I think it's just amazingly calming. I even work um this with my like four-year-old sometimes, depending on like the heat, a heated moment. And she sometimes started to do that on her own, which I think is pretty amazing. Um, you know, and it does just kind of like diffuse the situation. It kind of just settles your emotions. You know, even just as I'm talking about it, it makes it just feel good, you know? So yeah. deep breathing is, is definitely one of those coping strategies to consider use of as well. Yeah. And that's super simple. You can do it in 10 seconds. Everybody has time for that. Mm-hmm. Great point. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So our next one is to respect your body. And I know I've mentioned this a couple times before in the past few episodes in that, you know, bodies come in all shapes and sizes and we aren't all meant to look the same. Um, but unfortunately, the real world and the media kind of bombards us with messaging that makes us feel bad about our bodies. They're always advertising, you know, weight loss and things like that, which kind of tells us and it implies that we should be losing weight, that we aren't okay as we are, but we are. So keep the focus on gratitude, on health and wellness. Um, You know, you only have this one body your whole life. So Focus on appreciating all of the things that our bodies do for us. That's right. And, you know, I think I remember, you know, from the last episode for part one, we shared, you know, one key takeaway tip that if you were going to start something to consider this was, you know, unfollowing those people that may bring negative feelings to yourself or that you may perceive as someone that's just making you feel bad and, you know, just disconnect from those folks and you'll have a whole different perspective. And then, you know, on the flip side, if you are on social media, maybe follow folks that really have a positive outlook and, you know, can, can provide messaging that resonates well with you and lifts you up 
up versus, you know, pulling you down, especially right now. Again, you know, being gentle with yourself is just so, so critical to kind of get through this very challenging time that we're, you know, all still navigating. And, you know, I think the next one here leading in, you know, it's really looking at a half glass, half full uh, visual and perspective than glass half empty. So, you know, when, when suggestion is to consider every time that a negative thought about your body pops into your head, counter it with something positive. For example, you know, I'm strong. Um, or if you think that maybe there's a specific, you know, you know, area of your body that you wish was different. Uh, so if you think your legs are too big, you know, consider how your legs get you around every single day and give you the freedom and the ability to move um, because not everyone has that ability. So I think kind of acknowledging that again, in a way of gratitude can be really, really impactful. Uh, so a good self-care, self-care habit is to do, you know, some talk to yourself like you would to a good friend. And I truly, Catherine, love this example. It's just so true. It's so um, true. You know, so just for example, and to give you some um, kind of like perspective here, so let's say you have negative thoughts running around your head, which they can just easily take over if you let them. So, um, you know, here the example is, what if your friend told you that she didn't like the way she looked at her jeans? How would you address her and help her through that kind of thought in a positive way? So you probably wouldn't say, yeah, yeah, girl, you look terrible in those jeans, would you? (laughs) You would probably tell her she looks great. You know, they're a great color. You know, they look great with her hairstyle, you know, or whatever. So really just using that same tactic on yourself, which it may seem a little bit strange, but I think it can be so effective. So talking to yourself like a, you know, you would speak to and lift up a good friend, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's a really good way to have a better and more, you know, uplifted, positive kind of uh, outlook. (laughs) Exactly. Because the person that you talk to the most is probably yourself. So why wouldn't you treat yourself like you would treat a good friend? I love that. Yes. Um, okay. So that's respecting your body. So the next, um, strategy number nine is movement and finding ways to include joyful movement. So instead of focusing on exercise that you think you should be doing or exercising to burn calories because you ate something specific, we're not doing that. We want to focus on the types of movement that feels good to you because it makes your body stronger and more energized. And when you do that, you're going to be more likely to stick to those activities in the long run because you actually enjoy doing it. You're not dreading doing it every day. And I, I, you know, I really love this concept, which really is new to me. The whole like, you know, um, joyful movement, just concept. I really- I hadn't heard of that term until recently. Yeah, it just, it makes so much sense. And um, it just kind of does, does shift you into a whole different mentality when it comes to exercise. So, you know, I think this can be really hard for people to do because again, you know, media, social media, it is all about exercising and burning those calories. It's almost like you're torturing yourself into submission, into shape, you know, and that's not at all what the, the exercise um, kind of style of your life should be. It should really just be about, again, strengthening and, you know, all the positive things that come out of being active, you know, as active as you can possibly be. Um, so for forgetting really about the calorie burning effect of exercise and being thinking again about how you feel after working out. So are you more energized? Do you sleep better as a result of getting some activity throughout the day? Do you feel stronger? Does it lift up your mood? Um, you know, just a few to, to name right there. And so I think um, remembering too, that you don't need to exercise intensely in order to quote, earn the right to eat a specific food or, 
starting, maybe you're going out to one of your favorite restaurants and you really feel like you might overdo it. You know, you don't have to earn that. And you certainly then don't the next day have to torture yourself by overly exercising to quote, like, you know, burn those calories off and, and get back on track. Um, so I think that notion just really should be thrown out the window. And I really have to admit, I mean, I feel like many, many years ago, I kind of had that mentality of, you know, if, if we were going out to dinner somewhere or going to, you know, a gathering, it was, you know, I need to run a lot in order to earn the calories that I may consume at this, at this event or whatever. And I think now, obviously that whole different perspective is, is a much healthier way to look at, you know, physical fitness, 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 physical fitness. <laughs> That's a fun word. Oh my goodness. Um, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, over the years, just kind of my thoughts, even as a dietitian, have really changed, you know, as I learn more, mm-hmm. you know, every year we, you know, we have more life experiences. Mm-hmm. You're just educating yourself more and learning more. And I feel like my perspective on a lot of things has really changed. That's right. And yeah, and definitely changed for the better. And I think changed in a way that enabled, enables us, you know, as professionals to be able to better help folks, you know, as our listeners here and, you know, and other things that we're able to do as, as dietitians with Wise Market. So, you know, Catherine, I think, you know, you and I have kind of like separately talked about this before, but I think it would be helpful to share maybe some of your, you know, personal favorite ways to joyfully move, or maybe, you know, your go-to type of movement uh, for a joyful experience. Okay. So... (laughs) I've done it. I've done it more so now since we've been home from mm-hmm. with COVID. But I basically anytime it is not raining outside or like ninety five degrees, I go for a walk and I always listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. I really like true crime podcasts. It's just like my thing. I'm like running out of them to listen to, <laughs> so like I keep looking for more. But like that's my favorite thing is I listen to the podcast and I'm so like interested in what it's saying. I'm like, Oh my gosh, all of a sudden I've just walked for 20 minutes and now I'm, you know, 20 minutes. So I just, that's like my favorite thing to do right now. Yeah. You know what? And actually that makes me think of something I've heard before about the whole like pairing, um, an activity mm-hmm. with like a behavior. So an activity you enjoy maybe with a behavior that's good for you, for example. So, you know, maybe you don't listen to that podcast unless you're walking. So you look forward to right. walking because you're getting to listen to that podcast. Um, that's actually something that's come out of one of my own personal favorite podcasts as I'm like yeah, thinking so about that. And I am not like speed walking. I am like leisurely walking, but I'm moving and I'm also outside and you're like getting that fresh air. So like there's so, there's a lot going on and just a little walk. Right. Exactly. And again, there, you're getting all of the benefits, the energy effects and just kind of a fresh perspective than when you return to whatever you were doing. So, I mean, I think I, I, hate to be re- I hate to be redundant, but I also just, again, you know, over time of COVID, you know, I've just, just tried to again, move more because we are moving just in general so much less because we're working from home right now. And I, I feel like I didn't realize how much less until I really started to think of like some days, like the activity level is like, this is not really great. Um, you know, so just being able to not feel like, Oh, I need to do a, you know, a, a video for some kind of workout online or sign up for a, a digital type of workout program or go to a class. Um, but you know, strictly just getting out and walking really ha- has been something I've enjoyed a lot more than I ever would have expected as well. Um, you know, so kind of fitting that in with other things. And I would say too, you know, I do enjoy yoga. Um, but I think, um, 
walking and just that outdoor aspect, especially this time of year is my, you know, more of a go-to because it's outdoors versus, you know, indoors and I'm not really doing yoga too much outdoors, which you can, I mean, maybe I need to do that and get that, that outdoor benefit and then the movement as well. (laughs) Yeah. I love though that like, you know, both of our activities are not this like power lifting gym, hardcore, you know, whatever. We're just walking. Like it's very simple. So, and joyfully yeah. and, and walking maybe with yeah. even a smile on our faces. <laughs> yeah. Leisurely walking, like nothing too strenuous here. So yeah. Love it. Okay. So our, the final concept of intuitive eating is honor your health. And so basically the point of this is, you know, being healthy doesn't mean you are perfect and you're eating perfectly. No one is eating perfectly. Um, there's room for, again, all foods. Um, and, and when you're picking what you're eating, you know, consider how certain foods make you feel, you know, eat the foods that make you feel really good in addition to how they taste and how satisfying they are to you. Um, and it's really consistency of what you eat over time. This is not an all or nothing. Like you can't, you're not off the wagon on the wagon. Um, it's just being consistent and balanced over time. That's right. And, you know, I think too, it's, it's important to know that if you see someone that you perceive as being perfect with the way they eat, I mean, I think there might be an underlying other issue potentially there at play because again, there is no perfect eating, you know, so if you are following folks on social media or seeing people out there that may again, be influencing you in a negative way and putting that, putting that vibe within you that you're not doing things correctly, you know, again, unfollow or unlike or whatever it is, um, you know, but if it looks like it's too good to be true, I feel like it probably is. So just, you know, give yourself some grace with that and and consider that. Um, And again, I can't emphasize enough that there are no good or bad food labels on food. And this is, you know, something that I think people think that dietitians are always doing is labeling. So we're judging you in the supermarket. We're, you know, judging what you might order in a restaurant or what you're eating and when you're at lunch with us. And we really don't care (laughs) because we're all just in the same boat. (laughs) We are not judging. We're again trying to eat what we enjoy and, you know, getting that benefit out of it. So, you know, kind of throwing those labels away and, you know, throwing away the whole mentality of, you know, your quote bad because you've eaten a donut for breakfast or you're good because you ate fruit. Um, You know, when it all comes down to it, you're human and you're really just eating food that you enjoy to satisfy you and nourish and energize your body, period. (laughs) So it's a whole different kind of uh, look right there. Um, When I was reading about this intuitive eating, something I never considered, like we always say good and bad foods and we, it's very easy to label the quote unquote bad, but to say that you aren't good because you're eating fruit. No, like it's just food that is nourishing you. So yeah, yeah, that was very, that was almost an eye opening moment for me. So that was really very interesting. So it's actually even, it's even silly when you think of it, like, oh, I'm bad because I ate X. Like, what does it have to do with anything in the big picture? You know, nothing affects you as a person, you know, like that. It doesn't affect things that you are doing, you know, right in the world or, or whatever. It's just kind of, I guess when you really like think about it, it just sounds so, so very silly. So hopefully we helped yeah. you see that light and, you know, get those labels out the door, out of your mind and, you know, just back to enjoying food in the real yeah. world. <laughs> and you know, this intuitive eating journey, if it's something that you want to try, this is not something that you're going to start perfecting in a week or a month 
or even a couple months. It might take a long time because sometimes these food rules that we have are so ingrained in our heads for years and years. You know, it's just not something that we can turn off overnight. So give, you know, be patient with yourself and, and all those things. And, you know, every little step that you take, you know, towards maybe eating more intuitively is, is good. Mm -hmm. Um, so Beth, what is our takeaway tip for the week? You know, kind of at the risk of sounding redundant, I think I will here, you know, but I know in part one, I just really encouraged our listeners to choose one of the pillars that resonated most with them. And I would do the same thing here. So, you know, now that you have all 10 of the pillars of intuitive eating from our part one and part two episodes here, you know, I really think just choosing one and, you know, we really do recommend starting small when it comes to behavior change and lifestyle change. So really choosing one that just sticks out to you and, and you feel is a positive change you can make for yourself and just get to it. There's no time like the present. And, you know, we're really here to support you. I know Catherine will share how you can connect with us. And we'd really love to, you know, maybe in our Facebook group, maybe here we're going to have an opportunity to do more with intuitive eating, you know, and if there's some interest there, you know, let's look at different ways to better support you as our, you know, amazing audience here. Um, so again, I think just to, to boil it down, because I went on a tangent there, you know, choosing <laughs> one of the 10 pillars, you know, that really just hits you and, you know, and just start now and, and start to make that positive change in your life. Yep. I love it. Start now. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You can get in touch with us by joining the Wise Dietitians Facebook group. Simply search for Wise Healthy Bites on Facebook, or you can email us at wisedietitians at wisemarkets.com. The information shared in this podcast is intended for education only and is not intended to be a substitute for a medical diagnosis or treatment. The Wise Markets Healthy Bites podcast is owned and distributed by Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation. Any rebroadcast or other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation is strictly prohibited. Please click subscribe so you won't miss a single episode.